What is spiritual warfare? How can Christians learn to stand firm and put on the full armor of God? How do we learn to resist the schemes of the devil and serve the Lord in all circumstances? Join us today as I interview Reverend Michael Newman, our topic, Spiritual Warfare and Today's Families. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and host for today's program. With me by phone lines is Reverend Michael Newman. He is the Mission and Ministry Facilitator for the Texas District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. He's author, also an author of several books, including Satan's Lies and the new Lutheran Hour Ministries Men's Network video study, The Great Deceiver. So thank you so much, uh, Pastor Newman, for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Kay, always. All right. Well, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare, and let's begin by trying to define what it is. Can you do that? Yeah, you know, I would say spiritual... If you look at the scriptures, you see spiritual warfare are the, the schemes and temptations of Satan, of course, the devil, but also... Uh, the sinful world and our fallen flesh with the goal of pulling us away from Jesus or making us think we can take his place. Mm, Good definition. I like that. Well, let me read. I know there's lots of things in God's Word that we could read, but Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 talks a lot about spiritual warfare. There are other verses, but I just thought I would start by reading that, and then we'll kind of flush some of that out as we continue to talk about spiritual warfare in today's families. Uh, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 again. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, Take up the shield of faith, that's where our name comes from, Family Shield, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert for all the saints, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, of which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I actually read through verse 20. Those last few verses uh, uh, were not 10 to 18, but 10 to 20. So, um, as it begins, it talks about Satan's schemes, uh, what are Satan's schemes, Pastor Newman? You know, he's got a bunch of little schemes, but I think they fall into a couple of broad categories, and the verses really cover that well. You know, one category is trying to pull you away from Jesus, away from your faith, away from trusting in him, uh, and he does that in a variety of ways, you know, uh, whether it's demoralizing you or tempting you to go off the path. 
So pulling away from Jesus is a big one. Another one, as I mentioned at the beginning, too, is trying to get you to take Jesus' place, to think mm-hmm. you can handle life on your own and do it all, and everything from saving yourself to getting through the day under your own power. So it's, it's always taking Jesus out of the picture. Good, good. Um, that that was so quick. I wasn't ready for you. I thought it was going to be more than that. But uh, but Satan is also um, he's a liar, right? Oh yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. always lying to us, as as you said in there. But but uh, we need to beware of, of these things because uh, the Bible does call Satan the father of lies. Oh yeah, and see that's one of the ways he tries to pull you away from Jesus and uh, by telling you falsehood. And by either, you know, he can make you to believe that Jesus doesn't love you or your sins are too big for him to forgive or uh, that you can get along in life fine by yourself and under your own strength or that the Bible isn't true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there's lie after lie after lie that he tells. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go through life, uh, and it's, life is really challenging, it is so tempting to believe those lies. Sometimes those lies come through the media, you know, television commercials telling you don't look good enough, you're not good enough. Sometimes they come through people in your life who have told you things that really hurt you. Uh, they come through scholars who would assert that you can't trust God's Word. There are just so many lies. And he, Satan, as you said, the Bible says he's the father of lies. He is good at deception. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He really is. Yes, he is. Well, uh, the Bible talks about defensive armor and offensive weapons. Let's talk for a minute about some of the things that I read about in Ephesians 6. Uh, what are some of the defensive armor that God has revealed to us in his word? Well, yeah, you know... Uh, Truth is the biggie. When it says here, gird your loins with truth, uh, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And God's true word for us is a real weapon of defense. Uh, we, we just need to be armed with clarity and a perspective that really reflects what God has told us. Because, boy, I tell you, if we go into this world unprepared, there are so many things coming our way that, that you know, the world tries to get us to believe. So that's a big defensive weapon right there. Mm-hmm. And we also heard about that blessed breastplate of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And that, again, uh, you know, think about it. That breastplate covers your heart. And Satan is always trying to get at your heart, either to mm-hmm. heap guilt upon you or shame or unworthiness, where we hear in the Scriptures that uh, because of Jesus' death, we been made righteous before our Father in Heaven. And so that covering of righteousness, the forgiveness of sins, and the grace of God is so important uh, as we feel guilty and stumble and sin along the way. So those are, those are big defensive. And really, the, the majority of these are defense, aren't they? That shield yes. of faith? Yes. Right. Take it up. <laughs> and uh, yeah. th- that says to extinguish all those fiery darts that Satan's trying to shoot at us, and he, oh, he does that in so many ways, too, where we just have to believe God's story, his story of his love for us, the death and resurrection of Jesus for us, the certain hope we have eternally. We need to trust that, because when you get those little darts flying at you, whether they 
take the wind out of your sails, like everything breaking down in January at your house. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh no, we can't pay for this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just takes the wind out of your sails. Or the little darts of temper, argument, inconvenience, mm-hmm. sickness, all the, the, some real terrible things of the world, too, that just cripple us. So we need that shield that says, no, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Even though it all looks lost, I still put my hope in Jesus Christ who has risen for me and gives me the gift of eternal life. You bet. Uh, I want to just make a comment about righteousness, though. It says how to, uh, that we put on the breastplate of righteousness. I, I speak and, and, and talk about this topic as well a lot. And I, I find that a lot of Christians think it's their righteousness that's important. Mm. And I always say, no, it's Christ's righteousness that's important. Uh, don't try, as you just said at the beginning, don't try to decide to do it on your own again. I have to be righteous. I have to be perfect. No, always remember it's Jesus' righteousness. And you already uh, you know, quoted some of the verses I had down, but uh, I have down for righteousness, Romans 5, Christ died for us while we were still sinners, not because we were righteous, and then it goes on. Uh, I, do, do you see that a lot when you're teaching, uh, uh, Pastor uh, Newman? Oh, sure. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's a subtlety sometimes, too, where people say, I've got to rely on myself, I've got to be good enough. Uh, to please God, or otherwise he can't love me. Mm-hmm. And Satan uses that just yes, he does. to pull us away from any confidence we have in God or any recognition of the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. So it runs rampant in our world, mm-hmm. and it's because it's not our default either. You know, this is a gift. This is by God's grace, and so we slip so easily from that gift of righteousness from God in Jesus Christ. You uh, the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. We just can't do it. Mm-mm. We can't do it. But, oh, to have that breastplate of righteousness put on us, to be equipped with that, because all this armor is, is by God's grace, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a gift it is to say, I, uh, nothing in my hand I bring, only to thy cross I cling and have that righteousness of Christ. You bet. You bet. Now, you were talking uh, also about the shield of faith, and I said as I read through that, Family Shield's name is based on Ephesians 6.16, take up the shield of faith. And uh, how do we do that? How do we best do that, especially as we might be encountering spiritual warfare? Yeah, and I tell you, that's I, your ministry is so great, and to have the ministry's name based on this is really a terrific thing, because it's so accurate. And yeah, how do you take up the shield of faith? First of all, to realize that it's God who gives you this shield. He's the one who puts it in our lives through Jesus' death and resurrection. We can believe him uh, because he's made us alive, you know, with Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's shown us the miraculous work of salvation in Jesus' death and resurrection. And so what we really need to do is keep connected with the promises of God and you, know, you could go through the scriptures and pick out all God's promises. There's some good books about the promises of God, but just hang on to those promises. And every time Satan tries to say, well, come on now, you know, there's no plan for your life. Uh, it's just random. It's spinning out of control. We say, no, 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 wait a minute. The shield of faith is held up high. We say, oh, God says, I know the plans I have for you, mm-hmm. plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. It's so important to review and read and get together with Christian friends and rehearse those promises of God, and that way we're holding firmly to the shield of faith. You bet. You bet. 
Well, it also talks about the helmet of salvation, and I just want to read this verse. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved, Acts 4.12, obviously talking about Jesus. And and one thing that I've heard, uh, Pastor Newman, is people say, oh, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, nothing about Jesus in those verses. And what I've done in my Bible study is cross-reference all those words and found many, many Bible verses that help clarify what this is saying. And it's all about Jesus, isn't it? Oh, it sure is, yeah. You know, Jesus is called the righteousness of God. He's mm-hmm. called the way and the truth and the life. And in, in, in the scriptures we hear we have the mind of Christ. So, you know, that helmet of salvation talks about us being new creations, and we, have, we think differently. We have a new mindset. You're right. Uh, Jesus is just throughout this. Uh, it's something because when Paul talks about armor, all the listeners back in the first century understood the Roman yes. armor, and those were threatening soldiers of oppression, you know. Mm-hmm. And they felt so weak. But when they heard this, they realized, wait a minute, we have armor, too. We're given mm-hmm. the gift of it. We're not mm-hmm. weak. We're strong. And we have armor of salvation, not armor of oppression in front of us. So, And it's all rooted, as you said, in Jesus himself. You bet. You bet. Um, all right. I'm going to make a few announcements, and then I'll come back, and we'll continue talking about spiritual warfare. And as we... Uh, continue in the program, we'll talk about the fact that Jesus has won the battle. We're still here. We're still struggling with some of these things, but we need to remember that Jesus has won the battle. Thanks for listening to Family Shield. Family Shield is aired on 51 radio stations in 25 states. Each week, Family Shield gives away a booklet to our listeners. This week, we're giving away Reasons to Believe. To order this booklet, contact the Response Center, 1-877-317-4326. You can also email us to let us know you want that booklet. You can sign up to receive the Family Shield email newsletter on our homepage at www.familyshieldministries.com. That Through that newsletter, we'll share a radio guest and topics, and you can help us promote the program at your congregation. Family Shield is a listener-supported radio ministry and depends upon our radio listeners to help us pay for airtime. Your prayers and financial support are important. Send letters, prayer requests, or donations to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015. St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Also remember, if you are a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice Dollars to Family Shield Ministries. Call Thrivent and ask for Choice Dollars at 800-847-4836 or go to their website or our website to learn more. Uh, As I said at the very beginning, uh, Michael Newman has written numerous books himself. And if you want to learn more about those books, you can go to M. Newman, that's N-E-W-M-A-N dot org. One of his books is Satan's Lies. What are some of the other books uh, that you've written? Oh, I've written a a book we've talked about. It's Struggle Well, Uh about handling life's adversities. And I've written actually a real understandable book on the book of Revelation. Mm, What does that mean? Uh, It's real clear and written for kind of the person on the street. So you can go to the website, emmanewman.org, and take a look at it. There are even links to the video studies for uh, 
the Great Deceiver. Oh, good for Lutheran Hour Ministries. The yeah. new it's a fairly new uh, video and Bible study booklet called The Great Deceiver. That's wonderful. I serve on the board for Lutheran Hour Ministries, so ministry. it's a great ministry. Yes, very much so. Well, let's go back to our topic. We're talking about um, Ephesians six ten to eighteen. It's just some of the uh, terms and what they mean that. Uh, it talks about related to spiritual warfare. Uh, what is the helmet of salvation? I'm not sure if we talked about that or not, but I do love the fact that it's uh, cover the brain. <laughs> uh, in today's world with pornography and the Internet and, and all of the challenges that we face, it seems like some of these things need to be protected, don't they? Oh, yeah, and that's such a good point, Kay, because so much is coming at us. We live in the information age. Yes. And our brains are just subject to being overwhelmed with so much and saturated with really the values of a sinful world as well. And to know that we have the helmet of salvation, the mind of Jesus Christ, uh, we think new thoughts by His grace and through the power of His Spirit is such a good thing because otherwise, I don't know, uh, you know, on our own, how would we even match the onslaught of what's coming at us? And so God gives us that helmet of new life, and mm-hmm. we can forge ahead and uh, think clearly uh, according to his word. You bet. You bet. Well, it also talks about shotting your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and uh, the gospel brings peace, not the peace of the world, but an inner peace that only God's word and knowledge, uh, knowing, not just knowledge, but knowing Christ can bring us. Talk a minute about peace. Yeah, you know, and people see that. People say, whatever you have, I'd like that. Mm, they do. passes all understanding. Uh, it, it's something that really shines in the world. And that's where this uh, feet shod with the gospel piece I love, because it's, it's defensive, but it's also offensive. Mm. On one hand, the coverings of the feet on a person who has armor protects their way, it protects their movement. On the other hand, it you know, anything on your feet allows you to get going, and I'm a runner, and I know the value of good shoes, and we're giving mm. gospel shoes, so we're sent into the world mm. to show all the good things that God gives, and that he really makes a difference in life. That's a beautiful gift that God gives us as we start moving on the offense. Too. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm so glad you shared that. Um, now, uh, the, the sword of the Spirit, according to the Bible verse, is the Word of God, and it is uh, something we need to use when we're under attack. Uh, too many times people say, well, don't use the Bible. It might offend someone. But it is the sword of the Spirit. It is important that we not only know it, but that we use it in a loving, caring way. Uh, how did Jesus use the sword of the Spirit in his encounter with the devil in Matthew 4? Yeah, um, let's talk a minute about It's that. a great example. of, And I'll tell you, when Paul specified that the sword... Is of the Spirit is the Word of God. It, it underscored how important the Bible is in our lives. And Jesus showed that when the devil, I mean, here's spiritual warfare happening. The devil came to Jesus in Matthew 4 as Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. And whatever trick Satan pulled out, Jesus' only response was with God's Word. He quoted uh, verses from Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. That was the big guns back then. You know, the, the rabbinical students would learn and memorize the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, it was a book of life, a book of freedom. And so Jesus is able to speak to the devil and just quote verses about worship God only, and man does not live by bread alone, and don't tempt the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. And that just t- 
turned Satan away. It, it was the sword that slew him and put him in his place. And so following that, wow, what a blessing. We have this powerful word. I always encourage folks, you know, start with one verse. Start with one verse that's your verse and commit it to memory. And when temptation comes or adversity comes, just speak that verse and pray to the Lord. And as time goes on, you'll see its effectiveness. You could share it with others. And then, you know, learn another verse. And that sword of the Spirit is so important to carry with us and use as Satan tempts us and as we're tempted to stumble and fall. Absolutely, absolutely. So why do you think so many Christians spend so much of their time on defense rather than offense? Yeah, that's we're kind of like that, aren't we? We're we are. kind of reactive about mm-hmm. a lot of things. Uh, we do it at home, and <laughs> you know, a lot of times, what are we going to have for supper? I don't know, open the fridge and see what's in there. Uh, we, we tend to be that way, and I think that's part of our fallen nature, that we're reactive. Mm. Uh, but the Lord gives us promises that show us there's a better way and really lets us know that we're really on the movement forward, not because of our own power, but because of Jesus who won the victory. And so in Matthew, when Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that means the church is moving forward. Mm -hmm. God's people are really the ones in the world who are shining the light and conquering the darkness and pushing Satan back. So it's an important reminder for us to realize where we're really at, and that itself is encouraging. You know, we can be equipped to continue to do that. And I said, and we're going to continue talking, but I said at the break that we need to remember in this, in the midst of spiritual warfare that Jesus has won the battle. We are still here on earth. We are still sinners, even though we know Jesus. Um, but, uh, but Jesus has won the battle. Talk for a minute about why that's so important. Oh, it's so important to know that we're not just flailing around here and no one knows what the final score is going to be. And uh, Revelation 12 shows how Satan was thrown down and he is angry and he knows his time is short, but the blood of Jesus has conquered Satan. The victory is won. We have eternal life. We have been forgiven. The, the, The payment has been made. And Satan is just, with every last gasp, trying to follow things up. But Jesus has us here. So we can reach others with that good news, and it is certain hope. Uh, there's no doubt when it comes to the end. We know Satan's schemes. Uh, he has been defeated, and Jesus is on the throne. So mm-hmm. it's great news. That is great. You know, one of the things that I've found, though, uh, Pastor Newman, is so many Christians, not not. I mean, I think spiritual warfare is for Christians, um, but um, it, because you have to be a, a believer in Christ to be in the midst of this. But so many Christians live in fear and are especially afraid of spiritual warfare. And yet any committed Christian trying to live their faith the way God would want them to live is going to go through some challenges. Um, but why is fear the wrong motivation? Yeah, I think we get distracted sometimes by the devil and by the dark side of all of this, and then we we descend into fear, because on our own we can't handle that. Where Colossians 3 says, keep your eyes on things above, keep your mind on things above, clearly God does not want us to descend into fear. He doesn't give us a spirit of fear, the Bible says. And so the Lord wants us to look to him and to see his strength, his victory, 
his grace, his blessing. And then we don't need to live in fear. We live in confidence. Uh, so it, it, once again, eyes need to be on him. Uh, we need to be rooted in his word and trusting in his might and grace. Uh, and then fear flies away pretty quickly. Mm, mm, that's great. Well, the, the very final part of that verse talks about prayer. How does prayer fit into spiritual warfare? Yeah, this is, this is an exclamation point, I think, and it really continues the offensive mm, I agree. weaponry. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Prayer is just the foundation, the tool that God gives us for fighting the good fight. It keeps us connected with the Lord. Uh, it, it allows us to humble ourselves before Him and rest in His strength. Uh, you know, Lord hears our prayers and helps others. When Peter was sinking in the water, what did he do? He mm. said, help me to Jesus, and Jesus mm-hmm. stretched his arm out. And that's kind of like us in, in the spiritual battle. We feel like we're sinking, and we pray, help me, and our faithful Savior is always stretching out his arm of salvation for us. So it's good to develop a prayer reflex, you know, mm-hmm. instead of worrying, instead of fearing, instead of lamenting or getting grumpy. First step, always we pray and lift up our requests and praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Well, now, I have a question for you. We have about three, less than three minutes left. At the very end, it talks about witnessing, and I always wonder if witnessing is an offensive weapon because I really believe a lot of people that are going through great spiritual warfare are not just believing God's Word and believing in Jesus. They are actually those people that are out sharing their faith, and Satan doesn't like that. Do you have any thoughts about that? I'm, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I question, but it is there at the very end after prayer. Well, I think you're right on target. Uh, you know, to vocalize, to verbalize the gospel of Jesus Christ is the ultimate offensive weapon, really, because the Word is powerful. It's living and active, and it makes such a difference. It's like, you know, dynamite out there. So anyone who's on the front lines, whether it's a grandma teaching her granddaughter, how to pray and teaching her Bible stories, or uh, a person in a congregation in a community reaching out to their neighborhood, you know, their neighbors with Jesus, or a missionary overseas, the devil is going to pounce. That's mm-hmm. a public thing. And the devil is just an angel, so he's not, he doesn't know everything, but he sees and hears when people are witnessing. Mm-hmm. And that's why he tries to squelch the name of Jesus. So there's going to be trouble. And Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So that's where we need to be in prayer for one another. And if, if you're sharing Jesus, which all of us should be doing, you need to expect that Satan's going to try to get you, and you need to be rooted in that word and lifting up prayer and be with the people of God in worship and in community so you have that strength, because that's where the battlefield really is. It is, it is. My guest has been Reverend Michael Newman, author of Satan's Lies and a new video by Lutheran Hour Ministries, The Great Deceiver. Uh, I would encourage people to go to his uh, website, mnewman.org, to learn more. And um, I want to mention again our booklet, uh, 877-317-4326, Reasons to Believe. If you want to learn more about Family Shield, go to our website, www familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.